0: Kings fans, are you ready to see that Stanley Cup banner raised again? Labor Day weekend is behind us. It is the month of September, and that means two things, Vardy. It's still hot as hell,
1: and hockey's just around the corner. It's fantastic, buddy. I can't wait. It's nice to finally open up my... My various sports apps and see that there's a Kings game right around the corner. Granted, I think it's going to be in China, but nevertheless, I'll take it. Whatever.
0: The beauty of that is it's going to be so early on uh, in the whole season that, you know, no matter what time it is, you will be waking up to watch that one.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think, well, so long as I'm not working and then if I'm working, I'm just going to kind of be walking around phone in hand, acting like I'm paying attention and doing work, but mostly just watching hockey in China, apparently. Oh, so what you what you usually do at work? Yeah, pretty much. Cool man. All pretty right. Pretty cool. much.
0: Alright, so seeing yeah, as how yeah.
1: seeing as how training
0: camps around the corner preseason is coming and knocking pretty soon, um today's episode of the Bannerman, we're gonna actually do a season preview and we're gonna go the entire NHL actually in terms of standings and placement in division, but then we will kinda dig deeper into the Kings and so in terms of King's news, I don't think anything really happened um chris lee pto 37 years old so sweet that's all i gotta say about that really it's been the summer of ptos it seems
1: yeah it's uh last year was the summer of one year flyers on on aging useless players this summer of ptos i think it's a somehow it's a step forward if you can believe it but um i mean that's that's expected right like end of august early september it's really the nadir of anything hockey related no one cares even the hockey players themselves don't care so uh Perfect time, though, to have a podcast. <laughs> Just lots of stuff to talk about.
0: Exactly. We, I think we launched this podcast in, like, was it July, I believe, and our timing could not have been any worse in terms of hockey activity. However, could not have been better in terms of really breaking down what the heck is going on with the Kings right now. But uh, we're going to put the Kings aside for a second now. We're going to talk about, like we said, other teams in other divisions. We're going to give you our predictions we're gonna go through each division. We're gonna call our division winner, and likely, with from our s- predictions of the standings, you can kind of tell who's probably gonna make the playoffs, in our opinion, anyway, and all that. So, what do you say, Vardy? Why do we, why don't we start with the Atlantic division? Why don't we le- why don't we leave the Pacific for the very end?
1: I like it. East to west, let's do it. East
0: to west. Um. So who you got on top? We're gonna to start on top. Uh. We're gonna go with one and and move down. So, who's your Atlantic Division champion for 2018? My
1: Atlantic Division champion, uh, Blue Blanc et Rouge, the Montreal Canadiens. Ooh. Risky pick, picking the same team that won last year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have Tampa. Okay. you actually right. be surprised where I have Montreal. I have Montreal in fourth. Really? I do. It's the heat, man. It's getting to me. So I have Tampa Bay on top. The reason for Tampa, I think we mentioned this a few podcasts ago, is that I feel like they're primed to have a bounce-back kind of season. They had, to me, an underachieving season. Um, They still have a lot of good pieces. I think Kucherov is... I know he's technically had a breakout year, but I think he has the potential to really, really break out. This upcoming there's season. a breakout to the breakout coming yeah that's what i'm saying basically you know thank you i knew you would understand what i mean Barty. i got you, bro i got you and it's interesting you say montreal because the big trade of the summer was the uh druant to montreal trade so there's an interesting little parallel there um but yeah i have him all the way down at fourth i just don't believe i just don't believe in that team <laughs> i has just i'm gonna be frank with you i just think it's carry price or bust with them. And not that carry price is likely to bust anytime soon, but the negative there's this negativity around the team around the general manager in the last few seasons. And I feel like it, this season there's going to be a breaking point with that team. And that's why I kind of have them down at four.
1: You you're sure this isn't just the, the shadows of 1992, 93 still lingering. I told, you, I told you, I told you to
0: not say that over the air. All right. No, no, it's this isn't look. John Leclerc is gone. <laughs> Patrick was gone. Jacques Demers is not coaching them. I'm fine. I would say I'm going a little off the wall, maybe, on saying they're going to be fourth, but that's just what I believe. And I have uh, Toronto at second. Okay. I think they're primed to really make noise this season. I think that that little playoff run they had, uh, taking Washington to the brink almost, is really going to do wonders for them, their young team. And they added Patrick Marlowe, um, who, you know, I don't think it's going to be a scenario where Patrick Marl is going to put them over the top to be some kind of cup contender. But I still do believe they're going to take significant strides in that division. I think they're going
1: to finish second. Okay. So, I mean, my my logic with regard to Montreal winning is, well, one for one thing, they won last year, right? And they, if anything, they added a piece that should more than likely help them get to that place again. Carey Price is not showing any signs of slowing down. Do I think they're going to you know, make a cup run per se, that's a different conversation. But I don't think you add a guy like Jonathan Drouin and actually take a step back in any way. I just don't see how they would. Not, that's not to be a knock on anyone else in the division because there's certainly good teams in that division. But I just look at kind of an up and down um, across the board roster. And I feel like they have the most complete roster in that, in that division. Um, I have Tampa two. So not that drastically far off because like, like we talked about, I think they are poised for a a bounce back here. Um, I think all indications are that uh, Stamkos is going to be back, which is obviously going to be a a huge shot in the arm for them. Um, I think Vasilevsky's uh, a great goaltender who's just waiting to have a full season where he's the guy and, you know, he's going to take over and go from there. Um, I think Tampa is number two, Montreal number one. I have Toronto at number three. Um, I think they're a legit team, and and they can certainly challenge for number two. Honestly, I think between those three teams, even though this is, this is how I think it's going to lay out, I think it's going to be a dogfight all the way to the end. I think Toronto is just running on uh, the high from last year. I think Babcock's a hell of a coach, and he knows how to get the best out of all of his guys. And now you take all those guys that did as well as they did last year uh, with Nylander, Matthews, uh, Mitch Marner, um, it, it's a team that's just waiting to have like a five to 10 year run of just dominance yep. and it could start at any point in time and it could very well be this season. Um, but I, I think those three teams are my, my playoff locks from the Atlantic with Montreal winning the division. Um, my fourth place team is Ottawa hmm. who I think overachieved a bit last year, but they're still a good team in a lot of ways. I think any team that, that has Carlson manning your blue line like you have a legitimate shot and if Craig Anderson plays well I think all things uh can work out for them to to maybe be a wild card team
0: yeah and actually I have um Ottawa in third over Montreal again this is that has more to do with what I believe Montreal is and will be next season than Ottawa um i agree with you ottawa kind of overachieved and they kind of had a a mini cinderella thing going there uh making it as far as they did that being said going back to montreal again i feel like something is going to break with that team over the last few years the disappointments they've had things like that i think they're at kind of a crossroads as a team and i just think they're gonna have a down year and maybe make some changes Front office wise, maybe player wise, whatever. This that's just nothing but instinct, like an instinctual guess. I would say, uh, but I also I like Ottawa. I like their game. Like you said, anytime you have Eric Carlson, you probably should have a pretty decent shot at doing something with your season. Um, I like their young players too. Um, Hoffman, I, is he still young?
1: I mean, he's probably, like, 25, 26. Same thing with, like, Stone, Kyle Turris. Like.
0: Hoffman's 28, so he's over the hill.
1: Uh, see, there you go. <laughs> he's on the down. He's on the down slope now, buddy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, that's really what it is. I I see Boston taking a step back. Sounds like you do, too. Uh, do you have
1: them at four? Um, I have Boston at five, actually. And, again, for the life of me, just, like, looking back last year, I, I still don't know why Boston is still... <laughs> Still kind of hanging in these um in these, you know playoff wild card standings. I think you know, Marchand is a hell of a player who's actually gotten better from year to year. Bergeron is a perennial Selkie candidate to is a good goaltender, right? That's it. <laughs> Yanotara yeah. is like one giant leg into the grave um tory krug is a good good defenseman but i don't think you you, you know anger a blue line with tory krug so i just i look at boston and i compare him to the other teams in that division and i'm just like i i don't see enough on that roster to make me think that this is a team that's going to run very far
0: yeah i'm with you on that i think boston has an, a second wave of players coming in the next next few seasons pastor next already one of them he's
1: so young i forgot about him i'm I'm sorry (laughs)
0: that's fine though but he's he's good now but you see him really making an impact i think with the next group which is like charlie mcavoy and all these other guys they drafted in the next last few seasons when they were kind of stockpiling those first rounders so likewise i see kind of a step back season for them uh kind of like a a timeout season, I would call it more than anything. And like a regroup kind of thing. I think you remember, we always talk about Philly had that one kind of year, a random year where they like went to the final and then they took a year off and then they were right back. Uh, being yeah. A good team. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, that, yeah. yeah, I kind of feel that for Boston this upcoming season. I, I still think they're good. I think they have good pieces, but I have them at, at fifth as well. I have Buffalo at six. I think Buffalo is going to take a step forward. Um, and then I, I rounded out with Florida and then Detroit dead last.
1: Um, I had Florida coming in at sixth, only because I have no idea what the hell the Panthers are doing. I don't <laughs> no, think they no have they does. have any no one does. <laughs> yeah. The Florida Panthers are the greatest mystery in the entire NHL right now. Yeah. Because Funny. they're they they have a bunch of guys on their team that are good players. They played great a couple of seasons ago, and now no one has any idea which direction they're going. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not exactly like a Florida Panthers aficionado to say, but, you know, I, just, I don't understand what they're doing. Um, I have Detroit at seven. I think I think they're going to start a new streak of not making the playoffs, <laughs> making it number two, um, as much as it hurts me, because my wife and my wife's family are both from Michigan. You know, again, just the team that I think – not that they don't know what they're doing. I, I just think that it's been a while since they've been in this position, since they've been in this like legitimate rebuild position where they have to figure out what's going on, figure out which prospects are gonna hold on to, figure out which veterans are gonna get rid of. Yeah. And so I think it's gonna take them a couple seasons to realize that this whole building on the fly and bouncing back and getting into the playoffs thing, it just doesn't work anymore the way it used to. Um you, you have to go full tank. I think is the only way that if you're if you're in that type of a position, if you're gonna embrace it, you have to embrace it fully, get a few high draft picks, which again the Red Wings are not used to doing, and then, you know, see how the see how the chips lay out. I mean, they have good players. They have right. guys like uh Athanasiu and stuff that should be decent players, but I don't think they know they don't have, aside from maybe like Dylan Larkin, anyone that you can say is Potential superstar kind of player quite yet and then I guess rounding it out at the end that Buffalo not because I don't think that they have great players or whatever I just think that it's there's just been so much change in the offseason between uh, You know new GM new coach and everything that it just I think it's gonna take a little while for it all to settle in and for them to Really take that step forward that I think they have in them um, Which is unfortunate because you know you you have a guy like Eichel who's a who's a franchise player um, you have good center in, in Ryan O'Reilly on that team. Um, so, I don't know. With me, what I see in Buffalo,
0: I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, no. But I, I certainly think that they're, they're going to take a step forward. I think in the natural kind of evolution of a team and the way they've drafted and everything, I think the step forward, and th- again, this of course has to do with Florida and Detroit as much as it does with Buffalo. I think Florida is... I think it's just a confusing situation. I don't believe that that team has what it takes to make the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination. But I also think they're, much like Montreal, there's something going on with that management where you feel like something's going to give pretty soon here. Because there's confusion, there seems to be, I don't want to say mistrust or anything like that, but I don't think everyone's on the same page. With the Red Wings, it's just... There's only so many times you can hit home runs on draft picks, right? And not that's not saying they haven't. Um, they have. Uh, you mentioned Athanasiu. I think he's not even signed yet, by the way. The Red Wings haven't even signed him yet, and he's entertaining an offer from the KHL or something like that, last I, I read.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't see any way that they don't end up signing him. But, yeah, you're very right about that. I think he's i think he's still on RFA, and they're figuring it out.
0: Right, and figuring it out is, is like, where the Red Wings are going to be for the next few seasons, like you said. So, um, that kind of covers the Atlantic. Uh, pretty interesting. Already, I like the fact that we had a lot of differences, unlike our last list we made, which was very similar, <laughs> barring one player, the top 10. Uh, I mean,
1: if you look at it, we have the same teams potentially making the playoffs. It's just the little difference at the yes. top. Moving on to the
0: Metropolitan, then, the... Most tragically named division in the NHL, and I I don't foresee any surprises here. Um, But I'll let you start again. Who you got on top?
1: Uh, well, once on top stays on top. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. In my in my mind, actually, you're going to end up winning the division. Although I know they didn't win last year, Uh, Washington did. But I think I think this is the year that Pittsburgh wins a division.
0: Yeah, uh, I have Pittsburgh on top as well shocker i know um they're such a special they're team good. right now yeah the way <laughs> they the way they play just the confidence they play with um i just don't i don't think it's any team in that division really can compete with them in terms of what they have the success they've had in the last few years having the best player in the world two of the top three possibly Whoa, you know, on buddy. Their
1: team. Whoa, oh i'm buddy. sorry
0: was that controversial
1: <laughs> that it might be it might be there oh. might be some folks in the great white north that would disagree with you but hey, okay
0: i understand i understand but you know what give me give me two rings for mcdavid and just carrying his team on his back and all that stuff all those awesome hockey cliches and then we'll talk about who's number one because as long as number <laughs> as long as number 87 is playing and leading his team the way he is uh, i don't think there's too much of a debate although I think Connor's the future for sure, but yeah, I got Pittsburgh one, uh, I got Washington two, and I'm gonna let you tell me if you agree with me or not.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I think Washington is number number two. Um, the reason I don't think that they win the division, um, not that not that it really matters, but they've lost a couple important pieces oh, in Williams have. and uh, and Marcus Johansson, um, and I think that they're really gonna feel the absence of both of those players um, because. I mean, that that was one of their strengths, right? That up and down the lineup, they yeah. just had guys. They had guys on every line. They had guys, like, swapping between lines that could just come in and play. And um, it sucks. It sucks because they do have fantastic players in Backstrom and Ovechkin, you know, generational talents in a lot of ways and up-and-coming guys as well uh, with, like, Kuznetsov and Burakovsky and, and Johansson it was great for them last year, too. So in a lot of ways, you think that, like, last year, you know, was was one of those years, and, and I think they said this as well in their presser, it was just like, you really thought this was the year. You really, you really thought that yeah, was the year they that were they were loaded, man. have that breakthrough. They were really they were. loaded
0: last season uh, with uh, K- Shankirk at the deadline. They had Oshie. Um They just looked primed right. to do it. And Shankirk, And they lost Shankirk, obviously, which was a brief stint there. But to right. me, losing Nate Schmidt and then Carl Alsner, you know, that's – They lost three of their top six from the playoffs. You know, top six defensemen from the playoffs, three of them gone. So they they still have good pieces. I like Orlov and all that back there. And obviously Carlson's a great player too. Man, I think, like you said, the offensive, uh, I guess, subtractions. And then on top of that, those three defensemen, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be lean times in Washington, but it's going to be much tougher than they're used to, I think. No. this uh, this coming season. Yeah. So who you got at three?
1: I have uh, CBJ. I have the Blue Jackets at number three. Yeah, me too. I th- I think I think they're just a good team, man. I think they're a good team, and Tortorella's managed to find that that little you know spark in them, and then obviously, Bobrovsky's just just such a solid goaltender. <laughs> Philly. Kicks himself every day for just letting him go away for peanuts. Um, funny it just, story. Yeah, it's I think a
0: funny story about that. They let go of, I think, Bobrovsky uh, in a roundabout yeah. way. They lost Richards and Carter, yeah. all that salary, so they could sign Ilya brisgolov to that horrendous <laughs> contract when Sergey Bobrovsky was. Was their guy? I mean, that's not true. He was Uh, never their uh, guy. That's the problem. (laughs) He never, he never became the guy there, and he went elsewhere. And he's now a perennial Vesna candidate.
1: You know, it's nuts. It's it's classic Philly, with their goalie situation. It's just funny because when you think about the Flyers and how much they've struggled to have good goaltending from that time, I mean, they've just been taking flyers on people. Uh, yeah, it was too easy. It was too easy, <laughs> and even still, like you know, they're just they're still constantly trying to figure out their goaltending situation. Um, meanwhile, Bobrovsky obviously is is the player that he is, and um, and Columbus has thrived around him. Like he was good, I think, before the rest of the team actually got good, Absolutely. and then the guys in front of him started playing better. And um, and Columbus made a few trades, obviously, uh, bringing in uh, Seth Jones. Um, was uh, was helpful for them, and it took a couple of years, but now he's he's clearly at least a, at least a second pairing guy, if not a first pairing guy. And a couple of the guys that they drafted have worked out for them with uh, Zach Wierenski, uh, Alex Venberg. So it's all kind of coming together for them, I think, at the right time, um, which is great, man. Because Columbus is is definitely a city that's a hockey market, um, and they're just kind of waiting for this team to take the next step. And I think last year was, was the first of those next steps. And I don't see them necessarily going on that ridiculous run or anything of that sort, like they did last year. I think that's, that's very much a lightning in a bottle scenario, but that's great because it builds excitement for the team and it lets, you know, the rest of the league and, and the fans know that they're a legitimate team that's capable of doing something like that. Um, and I think I think they make the playoffs again. Um, they're just in a tough division with two of the better teams or at least one of the better teams in Pittsburgh. We'll see how Washington plays out. I think they're still a playoff team, but um, they're just in a tough division. So I don't know if, they're, if they have enough uh, horses to win the division, but I think they certainly have enough to be third and make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I think the big thing, you know, coming off a season like they just had, to To get Artemi Panarin now, obviously it was a very right. talked about trade. But you know, you come off that season, and you get now you get who I think is the best player in that trade. Uh, obviously, there's only two players, but I think he's to me the better player. It's such a good addition at such a good time because they're gonna have now a new shot in the arm. With the core is still there, their young players are good. Uh, they have one of the best goalies in the league, like we talked about just now. So I think that trade made me even more convinced that they're going to be uh, in the playoffs next season. And I would even kind of call them a lock because to me in this division, it's a very funny division to me. And and some of the place, uh, some of the placement I have for these teams might really, really surprise you already <laughs> as we <laughs> move forward <laughs> here. But to me, yeah, watch okay. Washington and, and Columbus one, two, three. I think, yeah, I'm with you there. This to me is where it gets interesting because Okay. The next five teams, actually not the next five, the next four, I would say. Cause I think let's start kind of from the back here. I think we both agree New Jersey's probably gonna be last uh yeah in the division. So really yeah. it's it's those four teams after Columbus that to me it's really interesting. And I have believe it or not, Carolina in number four.
1: I do believe it. I I have them at five, but I really thought about it. I had New York at, uh, I had the Rangers, I should say, at uh, four, and I had Carolina at five. Carolina is another team that's just poised for a breakout. They have just ridiculous depth on the blue line. Um, And a couple of their forwards had a bit of a renaissance here. I mean, uh, uh, Jeff Skinner, who, you know, years ago was was very much a highly touted winger, kind of took a few steps back when they were trying to figure things out between which one of the Stahl brothers or all the Stahl brothers were going to gonna be playing center for Carolina. Um, and then things, again, just clicked. I think these teams that fly under the radar, that really have minimal expectations, but they have talented guys because they've, they've just been stockpiling picks from being just crappy teams for a few years. Right. Um. Now we're we're at the brink where you know those guys are are coming through. They're playing like they can play, and um, I mean I feel like every day I read into the rumor about how Carolina's just got so much defensive depth that they should that they're going to be looking to trade for some other player on forward, this player on forward, because they can afford to do so, and it's going to help them. It's yeah, I I, <laughs> I don't disagree necessarily with Carolina being number four. Um, I think the Rangers probably still just have a little bit more in them and they'll get to four and then Carolina is going to five in, in my uh, standings, unfortunately. Right.
0: Okay. Okay. So I actually have Philly after Carolina. Uh, so I actually have Philly over the Rangers and I think the Rangers are going to have a drop off. I guess this is my theme, right? We're already in the second division in the East and I'm talking about just kind of the feelings about players, about, teams about management whatever for me this is a feeling on a player and the player is Henrik Lundqvist uh I think he still has gas in the tank so to speak but it, I think the Rangers go as he goes uh for the most part I don't think it's to the level of a Carey Price let's say where if Carey Price gets injured it's lights out uh I don't think it's that bad but at the same time I think I don't I just don't see a special team there um I think Mika Zibanejad, I like him a lot. I think he's poised for a big breakout season. Uh I think Kevin Shannonkirk, his pursuit and all that was I don't want to say he's overrated or anything like that, but I don't I don't think he's the type of player that warranted that chase, you know, that he received all summer long. Uh I think losing right. Stepan's going to hurt. I think losing Girardi's probably good in the long run. They lost Ranta obviously. Uh in terms of additions yeah, Shattenkirk, and that's about it. I mean, unless you consider Andre Pavlic as you know, if 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 Lundqvist goes down, so Andre Pavlic is not going to save the day. You know, I'll, I'll kill the suspense for you guys. Uh, I think they signed DeHarnay to a one-year deal. So I just don't right, see
1: Kirk was the right. Shattenkirk was the big piece. That yeah. was that was the the big fish that they were going after, and I get that because their defense um, was again. Aging guys like Mark Stahl that again that had several seasons ago been uh, cornerstone players, or even uh, Dan Girardi, um, who you know they cut ties with. Um, those were those were cornerstone players for them in the past. It's age, right? Like a lot again, of it talk is. Yeah. About a team, right. It's you talk about teams having windows for opportunity because there's only one team that can win the cup every year, and the teams that don't win. Are obviously constantly looking to get better and younger. Um, sadly, I think for the Rangers, their year was the year when they made the Cup finals and they played the Kings. Oh, what and and that was it. That's <laughs> that was all it. she wrote. I mean, lights out.
0: <laughs> you know what else? It is with the Rangers to me. Like you look at their lineup. Like Jimmy Vc came in with all this kind of fanfare and he he caught fire early and then it's like he came back down to earth. You know what I mean? And Michael Grabner. He had a great year, but he's going to be, to me, if I had to bet, he's going to be just regular old Michael Grabner last, next year. Right. You know, he's going to have his, like, 15 to 20. Like, I just don't see anything special going on here. I think Kreider and Zuccarello, these guys are good players. And then Rick Nash is, you know, he's Rick Nash. He'll be fine. He'll get his – well, actually, that's not true. Depending on how he feels <laughs> that yeah, season, exactly. you don't know what he's, what's going to happen with him. That's So I take that back. I think uh, – they have good players like Brady uh, – I think it's Shea. That's ski. how you yeah. – sk- yeah. Ski? <laughs> I think it's Brady Shea. He's he's a good player as well. But, again, it's like there just isn't anything for me to get excited about where I could look at Philly, and, and I have Philly ahead of them. And I know that's, I guess, a bold uh prediction in a lot of ways. But Philly is, to me, on the uptick. They have – these young players. I really like, uh, Travis Konecki. I really like, uh, even our own Jordan wheel looked pretty good last season, you know, and I'm pretty sure Nolan Patrick's going to be making that team at a camp and Ivan Provorov, you know, he's going to take another step. And I think Shane Gossesberg bear is going to have a bounce back kind of season. So that's my Philly versus Rangers thing. You know, I feel like one team is trending down and one team is trending up. And I feel like the flyers are going to have more in the tank. And, finish ahead of the rangers i'm i'm calling a very disappointing season for the rangers in 2018
1: i can see that i can i can completely see that um yeah i again the flyers are a team that puzzle me in a lot of ways because for for several seasons now they've had enough i felt on the roster to to make a little noise to sneak into the playoffs and just kind of be one of those thorn in your sides kind of teams um Mm -hmm. you know with guys like Giroux, Simmons, and uh, Shen, who was on the Flyers and now is uh, in St. Louis, I mean, that's enough talent. I felt like, and again, if you're looking at talent down the middle, it, which still, in my opinion, is the key to winning, you, you had Giroux, Shen, and Couturier as your three centers. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, what more could you possibly want, right? Right. And the problem was, oh, that they were always coming upon was goaltending. With Mason and Neuvirth, and then Mason's gone now, and they brought in Brian Elliott, which I guess they thought was some sort of an improvement. I'm not sure how. Um, Talk about three very a,
0: lateral goaltenders. Right? <laughs> like, it's like the same guy. And we're not talking about their movement. Here. <laughs> no. We're just talking about just no like, their ability. It's just it's like three of the same dude. Like yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. Anyway. Um, but you just look at their roster, and you're just like, man, why is this team? What is why is this not coming together? And I I don't have a good answer. I mean. Simmons, Vorchek, Giroud, Couturier, Shen last year, um, Gostasphere for the last couple of years, Provorov obviously his rookie season last year, uh, Konecki had a good year, and you're just like, w- what am I missing? Why <laughs> well, is this working. team, yeah, and I don't understand for the life of me, I don't get it, um, because you know, if you- I feel like if you're a Kings fan, you automatically have a slight connection to the Flyers. <laughs> always just because of how many transactions there have been. And it just very much feels like they are our sister team in a lot of ways. Um, so not that I per se rude for them, but you kind of look at them and you're just like, come on guys, put it together. Let's, let's, get <laughs> yeah. to, let's make this happen. And I just don't know why it hasn't. I mean, you just look at their team numbers and every single thing indicates that they're bottom third in goals against and goals for and penalty kill. And you're, just like what is why yeah, so i don't scoring, know and i don't, don't know their
0: scoring took a big hit last year um right. and that's because i think a lot of that is because their best player uh had a subpar season which i think is his right. first in a while so i expect a bounce back from juru we're going to talk about kopitar later i expect you know to me they're kind of from that same ilk of like leadership number one centers where i'm not too worried about them bouncing back you know and i think juru falls into that for me too right. so that's I, You know, to me, it's more of, like I said, it's more of a team being on the rise and taking steps. And I think Nolan Patrick might surprise some people. I don't think he's going to be Austin Matthews level, you know, surprise four goals on your first, you know, <laughs> first night in the NHL or anything <laughs> like that. But I think he, you know, they probably have him slotted into 3C, which, hey, man, I think that's a great start for him. He's supposed to be a good player, a two-way player, so... I'm ex- I'm more excited about the Flyers and than I am from the Rangers or the Islanders, who I think we both have next. Uh, man, they yeah. are. It's gonna be tough times on the island. Uh, they lost Travis Hamonic. Obviously, that was a long time coming. In a lot of ways, we had heard you know he's he asked for a trade a while back, family reasons, this and that. Uh, Ryan Strome's gone um, for Eberle, who was a key addition, and I would say the only key addition on the team. So it's really like you lost Hamannick, you lost Strom, you added Everly, and hey, that's it. You know, John Tavares is still leading the team, although Josh Hosang looks like he's going to be a player. So that's a positive, I guess, for the Islanders.
1: Uh, again, the Islanders in a lot of ways remind me of Florida, where it's just this team that you're not really sure what what the common thread is, what is the motivation, what is what is what are we looking to achieve rather than just like we're just gonna get some random guys and, and hope it kinda comes together. I have no idea how Garth Snow is still GM of that team despite <laughs> multiple seasons of just mediocrity He's and got a-
0: He's got to have like some compromising photos of the owner at this. I mean, what else? I, mean,
1: <laughs> I don't it's know. It's crazy. It's I crazy. I don't know or maybe they're just there's so many other issues to work out with, you know, where are they going to play in the first place? That if you look on their whiteboard of like priorities, firing the GM ends up being like number 5 <laughs> and they yeah. just never make it there, you know? <laughs> That's funny. And they just it's just crazy, man. It's crazy for a team with the lineage, for the the history that the islanders have i remember trying to watch a couple games i i don't remember if it was the kings playing the islanders it was just like a random islanders game that was on when they were playing at the barclays arena and it is just embarrassing dude <laughs> yeah like, i know
0: you couldn't see I a know. third
1: of the ice yes, i was looking at the sight lines play.
0: are embarrassing I mean, it man. is just
1: it's it's just awful man it's awful there's freaking whl teams that play in better arenas yep it's just crazy to me that this is a team that, you know, is it, it, they won four cups in a decade. I mean, it's it's this is not some joke of a team, it's some expansion team. Like it just bothers me a lot. It bothers me a lot for teams like that to just kind of be you know, floating around face down in the in pond water waiting to drown. Yeah. Which is funny
0: that the Oilers were not far from that until they drafted McDavid, really. So sometimes your fortunes can change really fast but for the islanders it looks like you know they have their stud player
1: but that's what i'm saying yeah, if yeah. it was a matter of just like oh we drafted a guy and he right, brought right right you know the fortunes changed tavares is that guy man he's 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 a oh, yeah. generational Dude. talent i wouldn't blame him one bit if he walked away not not because like he's not loyal to the team or doesn't love the players and you know the equipment guys <laughs> or whoever no it's, it's just your career's
0: short man an athlete's career is not forever it's not even close to forever it's, it never feels like forever so right he's already he's not a young player anymore either you know it's not like he has all these years ahead of him it's time it, it's time now you know he i'm sure he looks around he looks at what's happening the oilers are on the rise he looks at crosby who uh, is only a few years older than him and he's you know Winning his third cup and things like this. I'm sure it's frustrating to be like, look where they are. Look where I am. You know, look what's happening with them. Look what what's happening with me. And I wouldn't blame him at all. In fact, I would encourage him <laughs> to leave, <laughs> to leave uh, the Islanders as soon as possible. And it would suck for the Islanders and that great franchise that they are, like you said. But this is a world-class talent that he's already wasted so many years of his career. I mean, they beat Florida that one s- series two years ago. Yeah. And that's it. Like that is the highlight of this guy's NHL career. And it sucks. It sucks to see that.
1: I mean you just you really hope that he doesn't have to end up like Ray Borking it, you know, like waiting yeah. until his final two seasons and then finally everyone understands and, and they let let John Free kind of campaign kind of starts and just,
0: Right. I don't I even don't know, think man. I don't even think those things happen anymore. You know, where is Jerome's love? Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. looking for a contract. Exactly. Someone throw him a bone exactly. anyway. So yeah, long
1: story short, the Islanders suck and it the
0: Islanders sucks. suck, but not more than the Devils. And nope. they'll just be slightly, last in the Metro. Slightly
1: less. Yeah, but yeah. But not for long. I not think, for I think long. Nico Hersher is gonna be a gonna be a fun player to watch. Um a very non-New Jersey player. If if the, if there is like a team persona, I didn't think that they would draft him, but maybe maybe times are changing and in the in the armpit of America, and they're gonna, they're gonna <laughs> and things are gonna suddenly start getting exciting in New Jersey. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they they got Johansson.
1: They got guys. It'll be fun. They'll they'll play around for a bit.
0: They got Johansson. They got oh Brian Boyle. They got Brian Boyle too. So hey, <laughs> good old Brian. God bless him. I'm sure he'll he's gonna have a lot of fun trying to shut down the other teams offline on this team. My lord. Anyway,
1: so that's the East. He's his little heart out.
0: That's the East, guys. Um, that's the East. I don't think too many surprises, although the Atlantic was kind of flip-flopping around there for us. But let's move on to the West now, and we're going to start in the Central Division. First place in the... Ce- this is actually an interesting division. It can be argued that the It's best- the toughest
1: division in the NHL, in my mind. Yeah, so no that was... What, I was going to say, you
0: can be argued... That Either the Central or the Metro uh, are the toughest divisions in the NHL right now. Both would be valid arguments, obviously. But this is a tough division, so let's get at it, man. Who do you have on top?
1: Not easy. I'm going to say the Blackhawks, man. Ooh, he goes with Chicago. I know, I know. And it it really wasn't easy because I feel like even if they make it to the top, it's going to be by, like, three points or something. I sincerely feel that the the top – I'm gonna say the top four teams in this division are just gonna be beating up on each other for an entire year. Yeah, which I hope is the case because then that bodes well, you know, for some of the teams in the Pacific to hopefully gain some ground with wild card standings and whatnot. But man, it's it is tough. It is it is really really tough to make a call. It is a hard division.
0: It is. Um, I have Dallas on top, and I'm sure that was one of the like you said. It's one of the teams that. You would not be surprised if they're on top. Just those acquisitions. It, it, every time I read their acquisitions, it's it's like wow. You know, you just have that reaction. You Bishop Mathot, Radulov, Hansel, and Ken Hitchcock one off season. And <laughs> Ken Hitchcock. Now uh, it's obviously right. Hitchcock has this love hate thing with fans with his players even and all that, but he's still going to be a good coach and for a team who was a tire fire on defense. Not bad. Not a bad hire to have Hitchcock back there, and you know their goals against is going to go down. You know uh, just with Hitchcock and Bishop alone, the puck is not going to go in the net as much as it did. Um, Antti niemi has gone. Patrick Sharp is gone. Alex Hemsky's gone. Pretty much at this point, borderline dead weight on that team. A lot of it's cut off, and you bring in four real solid players. Um, and one of the positions being goalie, which has been just a nightmare for this team for so long. So... Yeah, I have Dallas at 1, but it was not easy because I have Chicago at 2.
1: Yeah, I and I'm the exact opposite way. I have Dallas at 2 just because I don't know. Because there's changes because it takes a little because it takes a little time to figure things out. You know, Radulov is a kind of a polarizing guy. He is. Hitchcock himself was a polarizing guy. Um Bishop played uh for the Kings in Tampa last year. I just didn't see I think I'm not he's he's obviously going to be better than Letton and, and Niemi but I I just don't know if he's going to immediately go back to being that like Vesna caliber goaltender so really if a few of those coin flips land a particular way if like suddenly Rajlov and Hitchcock find an understanding 3 games in if Bishop's like oh man goaltending this is how you do it and suddenly is like Back to that caliber goaltender can easily be dallas on top of that division i i, I don't say chicago with any certainty right. whatsoever i just right. think chicago is just a team that knows what they're doing have been doing it longer and granted the the flipping of uh panarin Saad is probably going to make Kane, you know have 10 or 15 less points in the in the season i think um but, yeah, that can, that can really go either way. And it's Dallas, man, freaking Dallas. You just look at those <laughs> yeah. moves, dude. That In just one offseason to accomplish all that is just amazing work. Amazing, yeah, I amazing. think you'd
0: be hard-pressed to find a better offseason than Dallas had. And maybe you could throw Arizona in the conversation, but I don't think it's it, – the. it's like a brand-new team. It, it really is, and it's hard to do that with the salary cap Having yeah. only a few months, you know, with other teams competing for the players you're trying to get and all that. It's it's almost impossible to have that kind of offseason. But, hey, they pulled it off. Jim Nil.
1: Kudos to them, man. I do not look forward to playing them.
0: Nope, not at all. And with Chicago, yeah, they brought in Saad, Sharp, the bands back together. Um, cool. They lost Jaumerson, though, which is going to hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Jaumerson, obviously, is the, any of the, the top pairing guy or anything for them. But it's still going to hurt. Scott Darling's gone, you know, minor things here and there, but I expect a bit of a step back for them. Uh they have some you know, they have some good players though in the pipeline. Uh Alex DeBrincat yeah. especially. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. it's time for him to come up to the big club or not, but he's one to to keep an eye on. Um so once again, the Chicago will be fine. I don't I don't think they're in danger of missing the playoffs. Some people have gone as far as to say this is when you know, the collapse is coming and the Hawks are gonna miss the playoffs, and I'll, no, I have him at second. I think that's you know as low as I I would be willing to go for them.
1: Yeah, I think it's the collapse is is around the corner, no question. Naturally, I just don't think it's this year. Yeah, I th- I think I think two. I'm gonna say three years. Okay, three seasons from now. That's that's when the collapse is coming. Yeah, the end is nigh.
0: Yeah, man, it's not like any team just falls off a cliff in one season, Vardy right oh no right. we did <laughs> we did <laughs> in fourteen, yeah. fifteen. never mind okay
1: just plummeted <laughs> so number three in the central who you got uh nashville yep same here i think um i think there's a little bit of exhaustion um from the cup final run i think that they're a hungry team they're a young team um they have all the pieces in place i, I think the only reason why they're not they're not a more secure winner of the division for me is because it required Pekka Rene to play outside of his freaking mind yeah. in, the last, in, in the postseason for them to get as far as they did. And quite frankly, he's a guy who's aging, and you don't have really someone who's just going to step right in and, and split the season with him and win a lot of games. And so um, just like New York maybe goes as far as Lundqvist goes, I think Nashville goes as far as Rene is willing to kind of or is able to carry them um if he starts off slow again has a subpar regular season then you know they're they're going to be a bubble team yeah although their talent is is well beyond that
0: right i will say though uh UC Saros, he certainly has i think a ways to go uh, until he's let's say a safe bet to be a good goalie or anything like that but i think it's better than what the Rangers have. You know, we were comparing, you know, we mentioned Lundqvist and Pavelic, uh, Rene and Saros. I think Saros, he's younger, he's better. But no, I absolutely agree with you, man. I, I think it's still Rene's time uh, to be in that one spot for the Predators and all that. So they will lean on him heavily. The one thing with Nashville, a lot of people might point to them losing James Neal, you know, and then saying, well, they're going to lose this 20, 30 goal guy, but I think you know getting Nick Bonino, uh getting Scott Hartnell, although he's obviously on the back end of his career and all that, I think those additions will have a much more positive impact than Neil's departure will have a negative impact on the team
1: I agree with that, and I think I think a lot of the guys who took a step forward in the playoffs uh like auberg yeah. um and and even and even honestly Kevin Fiala, who got hurt early on in the playoffs. Yep. But he, I mean, he just, he just looks like a gamer. And he's 21 years old, young, flashy, fast player. You know, these guys are going to take steps forward. I, I just don't see how they don't. Um, so, yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit to lose James Neal, but I don't think they're going to suffer all that much from it. They're, this is another team that end-to-end has just been building and building and building. Um, kind of like we talked about Columbus and Carolina. Yeah. And they obviously broke through last season just – so much depth. So much depth. And they have a number one center in Ryan Johansson. They've got several number one defensemen in you know, Roman Yossi, PK Subon. Uh Ekholm certainly played very well last season. And then you have breakthrough guys like Victor Arvidson, uh Oberg, who we mentioned about and they made smart additions with Benino and Harno, adding a little bit of veteran, a little bit of um a little bit of grind. I just don't see how they take much of a step back. It really to me just completely lives and dies based on how their goaltending goes yeah. in no, my mind
0: that's fair i like that team a lot they're they're fun to watch man they really are and yeah speaking of fun to watch i got winnipeg next um at number four and here we go again with maybe a controversial pick uh, considering who's left in that division but yeah i have winnipeg um leapfrogging minnesota and st louis and um in the standings and boy oh man i love this team there's just maybe i'm biased maybe whatever but i love the way the winnipeg jets are made up right now and i love how they're looking moving forward i mean patrick liney is a joy to watch uh, he he's one of those players he reminds me of brett hall in so many ways uh it's not just because he's an off winger you know one timer sniper and all this and he just fires and scores at will and all that even the way he's sk- like he skates the way he's so laid back in the way he plays hockey is just mm-hmm. yeah take the puck shoot the puck score the puck you know that's just what <laughs> to me he's one of those simple dudes that's just like just give me the puck and I'll put it in the net and I love his game I love the way Shifley kind of broke out last season I really like Nikolai Ehlers I like Blake Wheeler Kyle Connor is probably going to come up next year um Obviously, their goaltending maybe you could nitpick at a little bit. It's Mason and Hellebuck, but overall, I'm a big fan of this team. I think, I think they are again on the uptick, moving in the right direction, and I think they're gonna fight for the for a playoff spot this season.
1: So I don't have Winnipeg that high, not because I don't think that they have the horses. I I think their biggest issue beyond goaltending, which I think Hellebuck is an okay goaltender. I think he can he can get it together is coaching. I just, I don't Mm -hmm. think that Paul Maurice just is that guy anymore. I think he's to, to draw a little bit of a analogy. Um, he's the Terry Murray (laughs) for Winnipeg he's their guy who gets to the guy kind of thing. Like yeah, he's the yeah, one that the it. guys kind of started playing together and things started gelling and you brought in line A and all of a sudden you've got guys like Shifley Wheeler who are point of game players. A and Ehlers, like you mentioned are great players. Bufflin's obviously Bufflin and he's always going to be putting it in from the blue line and, and playing his game. Um, it, just This is another one of those teams where it's like, if you have all the pieces and things aren't quite falling together, Maybe it's the dude moving the pieces around that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think, Winnipeg is one of those teams that I fully expect to have a coaching change midway through the season. And that could be one of those sparks that just kind of ignites them. Yeah, I could and see gets them that. Going through the, yeah, I, 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 I think totally they're going to struggle that. out the gate. And if they decide they're going to stick with Maurice, I don't think they're, they're going to be um, – that high. I actually had them at six okay. in the division. Okay. Um, but again, it's it's very fluid. The, I, I, let's let's. There's no drama here. The very last team in the division is going to be Colorado. Correct. We, without a shadow of a doubt, they might be the last uh, team um, in the league in in the league. <laughs> yeah. But the, the the remaining six teams above them. I mean, man, it's it can really go. <laughs> It can really go so many ways. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So who do you have over? Uh, who have uh, Forest? So you have Saint Louis and 4. St. Okay.
1: I just think that they're 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 gonna keep playing their game. Um, they're just a team that's always there. Tarasenko is just a hell of a player. Um, yeah. I just they're they're a good. Um, Slightly above average team, and they added Luke Shen. And I think that's going to be very help. I'm sorry, not Luke Shen, Braden Shen. Good yeah. God, Luke Shen would not help any team. No, <laughs> for clarity's sake. Um, um, and Jake Allen obviously had a breakout year last year. He's just solid he in net. Um it's they're a good team they're just a good team they know how to play together they're one of those if i can even say it they're kind of an under the radar team because no one's sitting there picking them to win the cup or make a run for it but i just feel like they're always there they're always just kind of hanging in there and you look at the at the standings at the last game of the season you're like oh yeah they're st louis made the playoffs again
0: i have st louis five um so i have winnipeg and then st louis and yeah same thing uh, i'm just echoing what you're gonna say i think Tarasenko Tarasenko is a tremendous player. I like the Braden Shen addition. Uh, They lost, I would say, not much. They lost Perron, Ryan Reeves, uh, Yori Laterra, Niall Yakupov. No big deal. Um, Yeah, I I just think they're just one of those teams, like you said, they're just going to be hanging around, and they'll be there. And Jaden Schwartz, I think, might have a better season. Uh, Alex Dean, I always liked his game. Robbie Fabry might take a step, you know, uh, I like Dimitri Yaskin too, good player. So they have mm-hmm. these they have these players that you like, and but the main thing, and I, I'm glad you brought him up, is Jake Allen to me. Um, and obviously I, at this point you guys probably figured out that I have Mini <laughs> and, uh, next to last, and I think it's to me that's a Jake Allen versus Devin Dubnik thing, and I just believe in Jake Allen even more. We'll get to Mini in a second. Obviously we're mm-hmm. both going to talk about him right now, but yeah. Uh, I think St. Louis will be fighting their wild card with Winnipeg and with whoever is going to be fighting in the Pacific that we'll get to. So,
1: so that brings us to Minnesota, yep. I suppose.
0: <laughs> I suppose it does.
1: Okay. I don't understand why this team's good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it.
0: Here's the thing. there's just To me, I look at their roster and I'm like, this is just a bunch of dudes uh, playing together. What? And they're good players. It's a good team. It's just... I look at their lineup, and I'm like, just nothing jumps out at me where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's there, you know, or, oh, yeah, this guy. Watch out for him. It's just, you know, they are so lucky Michael Granlund had a breakout season last season. Because <laughs> They're lucky Eric Stahl and, and actually shined right? out. Had a kind of a rebound, I'm back kind of season, which it could very likely be a one-off kind of a good season for him too. So uh, I just don't I, – I don't – have any faith in this team. I just look at them and I just don't believe in them. And Dubnik, I've never been a fan of him. I think he was highly overrated the last few years. Zach Parisi seems like ever since he got to Minnesota has just not had that game he had in New Jersey. Miku Koivu, bless his heart, he tries. He's not a number one center. Uh, I don't think he's ever been a number one center in his career. I think he's a solid two. And if he's your two and Eric Stahl's your one, man, <laughs> it's just... It, not that they're bad players. Again, it's just like
1: – No, but it, it just – it defies logic in a lot of ways. And I do wonder how much of it is the Bruce Boudreaux effect of just being able to take like a bunch of randomness and somehow make it a, a winning team. It's just some sort of a magical spell this man weaves on every team that he seems to run It just, and complete with the inability to succeed in the playoffs. But regular season, he's got that down pat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just look at their team numbers. They're top 10 in so many team stats. Right. Second for goals for, seventh goals against, eighth penalty kill, ninth power play. And I just look at this team and I'm like, how? How exactly? Yeah.
0: yeah. They have these. So, I don't know. They have these guys that like, I would give them they a bunch
1: of like 40 point guys. That's yeah. what it is. They have they, these under the like,
0: radar dudes that you don't. Like Zucker and Coyle, right? Uh, Jason Zucker and Charlie Coyle. No one talks about them. No one really ever brings their name up. I would say casual fans probably don't even know who they are. Uh, But they are just these consistent, like, 15, like you said, 35 to 40 point dudes that just show up, do their job, score important goals, and they just kind of go home. And no one really talks about them. No one really, you know, has them in any highlight packages or post-game interviews things like but they're just good players and they added another player like that in my opinion in tyler ennis who right had a nightmare of a season last season i think he was hurt what like 80 percent of the time but he's a good player too he's like a shifty nifty little guy and (laughs) again it's just another addition it's just a bunch of dudes and they just added another dude like that in tyler (laughs) ennis so (laughs) i just i don't know I think I'm underestimating them. Okay, I have them second to last to Colorado. That may be a little harsh. Again, I just, when I look at who's who's in this division and I look at the players they have, and again, trajectories and all this, I just don't, logic tells me that this team will not be competing for the playoffs in this division. So, hey, I'll probably be wrong, but yeah, I have them. I I probably
1: will, too, because I certainly didn't expect them to be where they were last year. But it just boggles my mind, man. It it really just... I look at that team, and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't (laughs) get it. But good for you guys.
0: And that puts a bow on the Central Division. Um, That leaves only one. The one that's near and dear to our heart. The Pacific Division. And once, what was once, I believe, the best division in hockey... What once featured the three-headed monster from California it has changed quite a bit in the last few seasons, so.
1: We've lost a couple heads. We'll we, put it that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's only now a normal one-headed beast, <laughs> like, like most animals are. <laughs> Who you got on top?
1: I have the young upstart Oilers at number one As in the do Pacific. I.
0: As do I. I have Edmonton number one.
1: They were close to winning it last year. Yep. I mean, just by two points, they didn't They didn't win it, really. It's just one game here or there. Right. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be just as good this year, um, one year older, one year wiser. The only thing, the only thing that I think, again, barring injuries or whatnot, is can Cam Talbot actually play the way that he did last year? Because the, the Oilers do not have a good defense. They don't do a very good job in terms of suppressing a lot of the shots that he's having to stop. Um, and he played above, I think, almost anyone's normal expectations. Yeah. So if he can play again that way, and he's establishing himself as that kind of a, a high-volume shot goaltender, you know, one of these guys who, a lot like Jonathan Quick, where he just loves getting hit 40-plus times with the puck every game, <laughs> and then, you know... The Oilers are gonna be just fine. And they're gonna be that way, I think, for a long time. And they're gonna be a thorn in the side of every team in the Pacific, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've been they've been on the rise for such a short time. You know, it's like and it all starts obviously with Connor McDavid. It's amazing what a player like that does. Um But yeah, I agree with you on Talbot. I think he's the big question mark. You know, I think I like Darnell Nurse. I think he's going to get better. I know their defense is like the big thing, right? Uh, one might also keep them back. I like Nurse. I, if he can take a step forward, I think that'll be huge for the team. Uh, I think anytime you have freaking McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Strom down the middle, I mean, <laughs> tell me a better four centers down the middle than that in the NH. That's hard to do when, when Ryan Strom rounds yeah. out as your fourth line center, although they might play you know, dry side on the wing or whatever right on, on wing. Yeah. But right now, if, if I'm looking at strictly, you know, guys who are s- centers, I mean,
1: I mean, wow, the is playing center yeah, for them yeah, for a exactly. long time. So, it, it and, that's, fine.
0: and that's why he's probably going to be, end up being the fourth line center really. If I, you know, if you want to be realistic about it, but they have good pieces. Uh, I actually like the UC Jokinen in signing, believe it or not. I, he just fits to me um, with that team. It's weird, but, like, I look at him, and I'm Again, like, yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> I see it with that team, yeah, that speed. and
1: He's a good guy, man. He's a good, you know, when you, we were just talking about these 30, 40-point guys who just kind of show up out of, out of nowhere, and they become real valuable for your team in the playoffs, you know? Why not? Yeah, Why
0: not? and I'm really interested to see uh, what they do with Jesse pooley I think he'll make the team. I think he's ready to play. And if he's anything like you know their last few hits on draft picks talking about mcdavid and dry obviously then yeah that's gonna be (laughs) that's gonna be a scary good team uh not just next year but pretty much moving forward period and yeah yeah i see them breaking the the ducks five-year streak of winning the pacific division so sweet but that being (laughs) said i have the anaheim in second place
1: yeah i do too I did, too. Just an, just another team that, like, still has some pieces in play that kind of keep him afloat. Obviously, Getzlaff, in a lot of ways, had uh, a bounce-back season of sorts, even though he was never completely fallen off the map. Now, that honor belongs to Corey Perry, who <laughs> has, just, has <laughs> become a shadow of the player he used to be, thank God. Uh, still, Still... Still the same jerk, though. Just, just a yeah. stupid jerk face skating around doing jerk stupid things. <laughs> um, but thankfully, he's not scoring goals anymore. He's just spearing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Um, but, you know, obviously guys like uh, Silverberg has worked out really well for them. Eves was a great trade for them last year. They ended up resigning him. Um, Ricard Raquel is absolutely the future of that team. Um, and then their depth on defense, provided they figure things out between all the injuries they're going to have to start the season um but i think they're going to still have enough in the tank to to be second in the division
0: yeah i think they have they're just good i mean they're just good i don't think the you know randy carlisle high i guess has worn off yet you know i think like most coaches randy might have a shelf life and i think you know they they went really far last season in the playoffs, so I think they're gonna come in really confident. Uh, Perry, I won't count him out. You know, to have a bounce back season, he's just one of those guys that, as soon as you're excited about him dropping off, he'll just you know have a forty goal season just to piss you off even more. <laughs> just that kind God, of guy. God, that's such
1: a core Perry thing. To do. <laughs> it
0: is, it is. Um, and then there are young guys, man. Like uh, uh, Andre Kashi. I think it's Kashi. He was he looked good last year and. Nick Ritchie's probably coming up, and, man, they have good young players. Uh, Sam Steele, the greatest hockey name of all time. Pretty much. He, he's young. Might be I, the
1: greatest name of all time. Yeah,
0: he's not, I don't think he'll play next season or anything, but he's, he's one to keep an eye on. He's lighting it up in junior right now. So, yep, yeah. second place. Bad news for us, I guess. But yep. who we got in three, Vardy?
1: I have the Calgary Flames in number three. I do too. Three for three. There's just a good team. They've, they've already been knocking on the door for a little while. Um, and they made a few moves. Not that I think that getting Mike Smith is any type of big solution in net, but, um, I think that Brian Elliott had a really, really rough start to the season and, and had to just, you know, solidify towards the second half of the year. Um, but they're just another team that's just loaded in every direction, and they and we mentioned this earlier. They got Hamannick, uh in the off season, which only solidifies. Yeah. Uh, they, spy, they signed They sign. They signed Spencer Fu in the off season, and we'll see kind of where he ends up slotting in. Another year older for Matthew Kachuk. Another year older for Johnny Goudreau. I mean, there's this is a team that's poised to make a run at it. I think. Um, and they look, they look I think scary man. Right now they, they look do. scary to they me. They do.
0: That we, you know, I remember I think it was our first or second episode whatever it was, we just we just kept saying that defense. You know, that yeah. friggin' defense they have right now is just looks terrifying. Um and then we mentioned like we how we wanted Chris Verstieg back l- last episode. I like him, right. you know, over there with them. He just fits that team kind of the way i see it. You know, you see and fitting the Oilers in many ways, and they're just ugh, man. It's gonna suck playing these guys. <laughs> they're gonna be so fast. They have four puck-moving defensemen and a goalie who could pass better than like most of the Kings' defense. <laughs> so it's, it's not gonna be good.
1: Yeah, it's and that's kind of the that's kind of the overrunning theme of, of the Pacific. <laughs> I don't want to play them. <laughs> yeah pretty much so calgary
0: three okay number four um now we're getting into the territory where we might mention <laughs> the team we like so we you got at four i think this is where
1: the kings end up falling yep. i think they end up being fourth in the pacific
0: i got them at four as well
1: yeah but i and again just Just missing out on the playoffs because I don't see the
0: central um, frankly
1: I don't see a wildcard team from the Pacific coming through not with what the what the central division looks like I think both wildcard teams in the in the playoffs will be from the central division um, Which means that the Kings will be on the outside looking in probably by more than a handful of points. So Essentially whatever what last year looked like and then some
0: Yeah, yeah, we're so optimistic Kings and fourth, you know. No, but really, it's just reality. Okay, let's forget who's below the Kings. You know, let's look at who we have ahead of them. It, it's going to take a lot of mind-bending for me to believe that the Kings are going to be ahead of Calgary, Anaheim, or Edmonton. It's just yeah. it's not going to happen. You know, it's just not yeah. going to happen. And I like to be wrong. Um, I hope I am, but I'm probably not.
1: And this is this is without even considering all the turmoil of the offseason, all of the new newish coaching <laughs> coming yeah. into play, right. where you have a guy who's been behind that bench and coaching a particular way for, for you know for the defensive players at least, and now they're asking him to take a larger responsibility, but at the same time have the team play differently than they've been playing for the whole time that he's been behind the bench and, and the team starving for offense, which we've covered at nauseam, didn't really do a whole heck of a lot to address that. Unless you consider Michael Camilleri some sort of an answer, um, I think. The, I think the greatest quote I heard about the whole Camilleri thing is that, well, they don't buy players out for scoring goals. Right, so right. if that's if that's what you that's what you were looking for, kind of look the wrong place. I just we haven't done enough, and every other team. By virtue of the fact that they've either gotten more experience in their younger players, or like Dallas, they went out and they cleaned house, right. has done considerably more. And logic dictates when you look at these teams, I don't see how the Kings are one of the top eight teams in the West. I just I have no idea how no. they can be. It's tough. I mean, maybe they have an
0: outside shot at the second wild card, but that would require like a really rough season from the likes of st louis minnesota and you know everything i said about winnipeg would basically have to not come true so right it's it's tough it's tough but we got to keep it realistic guys uh we don't like homers all right we we like to be somewhat objective with everything um anyway so kings in four i think i know who you got in five but i'll let you say it anyway
1: Los fi- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. <laughs> San Jose's number five. Again, just by virtue of the fact that they're another year older. Um, I think they're going to def- feel the loss of Marlow a little more than they realize. I-, I just don't think that they're as good as the teams uh, that we had higher up in the division. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're ahead of the Kings. Maybe, maybe that's that's the slight bit of homerism I'm giving here. Is that I think the Kings are going to be better than the Sharks. Beyond that, right, I can't. Right. I can't possibly, you know. You know what's really homer?
0: really surprising about the Sharks is they they didn't add anyone. You know, no. they no. You lose <laughs> Marlowe, Schlemko, Merkel, Mueller, and you really don't. Bring
1: anyone. And you in. get Brandon Bullock. That's a lateral move. Yeah, I think, thing. I think I think Timo
0: thing. Meyer is probably going to make the team straight a, straight away. Sure, uh, he has sure. to at this point because there's nothing else going on over here. Uh, they have Yannick Hansen, which whatever. I mean, I don't I don't even know why they got that guy. I don't see what anyone really saw in him to begin with. Mikhail Bodker is a fast player, but again, he he's not. We've been waiting, you know... Yeah, exactly. Five years. here he comes, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so they're similar to the Kings in a lot of ways where you look and you're like, I just don't see the depth. With the Kings, it's a little different because the Kings didn't necessarily lose anyone from last year. I mean, unless you consider,
1: like, Matt Green, anyone of value? No.
0: No, like, okay, McNabb. I think LA and San Jose are going to basically be fighting for fourth and possibly... Outside shot at the second wild card, maybe. So,
1: that's
0: yeah. bubble man, that's we reasonable. we said it. It felt like that the whole way, right? Bubble team, yeah. the Kings. So, yeah. Kings that's and Sharks. Pretty much it. Who you got next? Who's so? This is interesting because the the next three teams in the Pacific it's like the trinity of bad <laughs> and it's
1: like who, who's the
0: worst this you know? is the this is the
1: battle for the for the lottery pick essentially yeah the lottery um, actually I think Arizona yeah
0: Arizona is going to be better than yeah. I have them I think so far Pacific is going to line up the exact same um yeah so Arizona I got them too
1: yeah they've made enough moves I think and they have enough young guys uh that I expect to be better this year. Max Domi had a had a bit of a setback year, I think, and, and he's just a good player, and he'll he'll figure things out. Yeah, I, and obviously the moves they made with um, with bringing in Antti Ranta, Jan and, and and Derek Stepan, I think, are going to be very helpful moves yeah. for them. Uh, Dylan Strom, I expect to probably make the team and, fine, be, yeah, and be like their second-line center, more than likely. It's I think it's going to be a bit of a... A discovery year for them, you know, and I I think that's partly the reason why they walked away from Shane Doan, not that they thought that he was just taking up so much ice time or whatever. I think it's just that signals to the team that, like, whatever the era was of the Coyotes and their, you know, small amount of success, if any, that they had, it died the day that Shane Doan left, and it starts a new in 2017 2018 with the guys that they have and we we see where we can go from here
0: there's a lot of kind of fanfare hype chatter about uh clayton keller making the team and Mm. he is obviously a tremendous player he was a he was drafted number seven overall in 2016 and there seems to be and it's it's not just fans you know it's not just hope from fans and things like that but There seems to be some chatter that he has a real, real good shot of making that team, which doesn't really surprise you if you look at Right, because if you look at the team. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just a bunch of kids anyway to start with. But I think you're right. I think it's like, you know, phase two or whatever, phase whatever it is for the Coyotes. Moving on from Doan, picking up some pieces, kind of changing the direction of the team a little bit. They look like a good young team. Uh, They have a lot to prove. You said Strom, Christian Dvorak. Do Claire and Domi even have something to prove because they had right. that really good, you know, first season and they kind first of sailed off. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. I think they're going to be a fun, fast team. And honestly, would it shock you, absolutely shock you if they finish ahead of San Jose or L.A.?
1: No. In fact, <laughs> the Kings regularly lose to the Coyotes as it is. Right. You know, but it, it just... So it wouldn't shock me in any way.
0: That leaves two teams in the Pacific, man. And uh I guess now it's the real battle of the bad, I should say. <laughs> you know, this is this is the
1: true except one team has a has a reason to be bad and the other one just does not.
0: Uh, yeah, has For no excuse team. and just Yeah. Makes two of the, you know, greatest players in their franchise history really sad. <laughs> just yeah. being there Pretty right much. now. Yeah, and I Pretty got much. Vancouver next.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. So
0: it turns out our Pacific is exactly the same, but yeah, Vancouver at number seven.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just like you said. You know, the Sedin's are not getting any younger. Younger when when your big off season move is bringing in Thomas Vanek. You know, a week before your training camp starts. Yeah. Um. There's not a lot to be hopeful about. Right,
0: there. and and uh, they they added uh, Sam Gagne.
1: Sam Gagne, Sure. Um, okay.
0: Sure, but he's again, he's one of those guys that you know. <laughs> he like could very easily. I mean, uh, he could fall back to earth, revert and,
1: back into like twenty five points exactly, and Gagne exactly any day now,
0: any at any moment. Yeah, they added, uh, like you said, Thomas Vanek, who, uh, you know, we're not very high on over here. I would say, <laughs> but the coach, man, the coach. I'm gonna be very, very curious to see uh, Travis Green. He's had so much hype, you know. They've been talking for years about Travis Green is going to be on an NHL team any second now, this and that. So, here it is. So, I'm really curious to see what he does with the team. I don't want to say he doesn't have much to work with. He does. But at the same time, it's like he's been so highly touted as a coach. And the Canucks have been such a bad team for the last few years that I'm curious to see if there's any real changes in terms of the way they play.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh again, you want to talk about teams that are going through transitions and trying to figure things out. I think a lot of the, the process for Vancouver starts with the coach, and then, um, for me, in my mind, it's not the real work and the real, you know, tearing it down to the roots isn't going to begin until the Sedins uh, are yeah. pretty much riding off into the sunset. I think once those two guys... Hang them up, or retire, or get traded, or what have you. I, I doubt they'll get traded. I think they're going to retire, Canucks. But once those guys go, that's when it's going to be the signal to everyone that okay, we're tearing it down to the roots. We're starting it all over again. Um, and they have good players. I mean, Bo Horvat had a great year last year. Um, certainly, it looks like he's going to be one of their one of their guys going forward. Um, but they just there's just not enough there. I don't think. No. I, I'm
0: I'm with you, man. And to really hang their hat, they on. lost Ryan Miller. I mean, obviously Ryan Miller is not the Ryan Miller of old or anything, but right. now you're you're staring down a goaltending duo of Jacob Markstrom and Anders Nilsson. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's gonna be lean times. <laughs> it's gonna be lean times in yeah. net for them. So
1: and I think they expect that. I, I think, think so. They're, they're I think it's ready. part of
0: the plan, actually, probably. Um, yeah. And that leaves obviously VGK. <laughs> The Vegas Golden Knights, the new kids on the block. Hey, nice jerseys.
1: Sick white gloves, bro. That's gonna last. Looking the whole like some season. roller hockey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> At least keep them just with the white jerseys, man. I mean, it's just You're silly. To kill you. It's I mean, dark silly. dark jerseys and white gloves. I mean, God, this is like the, it's the it's... Golden Seals white skates. You know, it was like yeah. one season, and they were like, okay, this is not working.
1: It's the Cooper Alls. It's the Flyers Cooper Alls. Exactly. exactly. It's fine. I expect a certain level of you know, hilarious fashion choices from expansion teams until they figure it out. Yeah. I think I sent you this photo um, <laughs> that, that the Florida Panthers' original gloves were supposed to have claws <laughs> on the fingers. You know what the best part was?
0: That the gloves were like Cooper. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Cooper brand. <laughs> oh man they were awful they were awful
1: expansion teams expansion teams man God oh yeah bless them. they're hilarious
0: yeah it's like when uh the ducks opening night the lights came on the pond and the first thing you saw was lumiere from beauty and the beast <laughs> like singing be our guest in an nhl game like man if you guys ever Maybe have time they're... throw it throw it in your google machine all right and just duck's opening night ceremony it is the most ridiculous thing you'll ever see oh no wait the ottawa sanders opening a few years ago was was worse than that but it is one of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see it looks like disney on ice basically and anyway what were we talking about oh yeah yeah, vegas right
1: (laughs) maybe maybe vegas will you know have spearmint rhino sponsor their opening night now we're now we're
0: we're cooking with crisco all right (laughs) now we're (laughs) there we go captivating very captivating (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Um, Vegas so hey one thing I will say about Vegas they have better goaltending than Vancouver
1: so so that's not impressive isn't that amazing
0: (laughs) hey man you have Marc-Andre Fleury on your team out of expansion
1: yeah you you probably have better goaltending than a few teams yeah it's definitely a good start I I will say this I think no matter what it's a win for them you know like they've built that team um with a bunch of younger guys, they've drafted well, obviously, and a lot of those guys have a chance to make the team. I think it's going to be fun to watch them play, just to see what the hell happens. Um, they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to be really, really bad, yeah. which is okay because we've already discussed that the way you become good is that you become really, really bad first, and then you go from there. Right. So right. It'll be hopefully the Kings can beat them. Oh my God, it'll be so embarrassing if we can't. But kings you never know
0: you never know sometimes uh expansion teams can surprise you with the likes of <laughs> lucas pisa on your top pairing you just you know
1: uh, <laughs> i'm calling it james neil hat trick against the Kings first game first game yeah yeah Vegas.
0: yeah and they'll throw out, throw down all those free hats <laughs> right onto the ice um so that's yeah. that's our standings guys uh ah so let's uh let's say let me ask you this vardy who do you have winning the cup how about this we let's call the stanley cup final and who you have winning the cup
1: how's that okay okay um i think it's pittsburgh out of the east again i just don't see another team that has the pieces necessarily to beat them um in a seven game series barring any injury if, if everyone's healthy. You just... I don't know how you get past that team, honestly. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think out of the West, uh, I'm going to give the nod to Dallas. And I think the, the Western Conference Finals is going to be Edmonton and Dallas. Nice.
0: That's going to be a heck um, of a series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if and that think, happens.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be Dallas versus Pittsburgh for the Cup Finals. Um, and <laughs> Pittsburgh's taking it for the three-peat. Same reason. I just... I. Don't know if any team can beat them in a seven-game series right now. I just yeah. don't. I think they're they're playing at their absolute peak with young guys still coming in and filling in and playing well. Um, and if they actually have uh, some of their some of their guys like Latang, who wasn't even playing much last year, yeah, actually coming in and playing. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have. Uh... I also have Dallas and Edmonton in the Western Conference Final, Dallas coming out. However, I have Tampa and Pittsburgh battling in the East with Tampa coming out. And it's going to be Tampa and Dallas in the final, in what will be dubbed the Bishop Bowl. <laughs> okay. And I have Tampa winning the Cup, man.
1: Wow. Yep.
0: I have Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Cup. Uh, so everyone, uh, place your bets, take my word for it. (laughs) I didn't pick Pittsburgh to win in either of the last two seasons. (laughs) Despite the fact that you're actually like a closet penguin. It's not even closet. It's like, they are definitely my, my mistress team for sure. Right. It is the penguins. So for sure it's been for a long time. So you know what it is, man? So I didn't think they would win the first one, uh, and naturally, once they win that one, you're like, well, they're certainly not going to repeat uh, right. now that they've won that. And now I'm saying they're certainly not going to 3 because that would be madness.
1: A three-peat in this era would be very impressive. Yeah. It would be very, Even very impressive. Even a repeat
0: is very yeah, impressive to is. me. so it is. So, that's, so my thinking is kind of backwards where I'm just like percentages and statistics say that they're not going to 3 Even though yeah. I, I'll tell you, man, I do agree with you. I think they're the best team in the league. Um and it's not that it's not always that the best team in the league wins the cup or anything, but yeah, I, I, I will give you that. They I did. did last
1: year. They did. <laughs> yeah, they did.
0: Pittsburgh for Vardy, Tampa Bay for me. We're saying the cups staying East Dallas though. Huh? We are, we're giving Dallas some love and, uh, I can understand why hard
1: not, to. <laughs> yeah,
0: hard not to, they're loaded. They are loaded. Yeah. All right. And that's pretty much going to do it for our sixth episode, Vardy. Um, how you feeling after six so far
1: i think I think I'm hitting a groove. I think I'm really hitting a groove here. I think all the good materials just bubble into the surface um, and I think <laughs> the fans recognize that I think they see it. I think the next six are gonna be really good,
0: <laughs> like really solid episodes. actually, I'm really excited to to do episodes like during hockey season, which we haven't done yet. I'm gonna be really curious to see how often we can go um obviously for this off-season, guys, we mentioned we try to go bi-weekly. I think we've stuck to that for the most part, maybe a few days here and there. Uh, but regular season, we're going to try to amp it up a bit. So we don't have like a set schedule or anything yet, how we're going to do it. Uh, we do know that the next episode will be centered around training camp and, uh, and all the goings-on <laughs> with uh, with the team and all that. But yeah, I'm kind of excited for like an October show.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know if we'll, I don't know how to talk about actual hockey being played. <laughs> I, I I can talk about theoretical hockey yeah. clearly. Yeah, I have six episodes of hockey theory discussion, um, hockey and practice. That'll be interesting. I'm actually be interesting.
0: very excited to do like post game shows. You know where? Yeah, we might do it right after the game, or we might do it covering three games. You know what I mean? and just the pure visceral rage we're going to show because we're not going to have enough time to recover you know what i mean so you might, you yeah, might it's see gonna, some it's gonna be
1: a lot of bipolar episodes, real guys. anger real
0: anger on the airwaves <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys uh thanks as always for joining us follow us on twitter uh at the bannerman pod visit visit us on our website bannermanpodcast.com stitcher soundcloud
1: Android, iPhone, all your gizmos and gadgets. And review us on iTunes. We love the reviews, positive, negative. However, you know, if there's anything in particular you want us to talk about or you think we haven't addressed properly, come at us, bros. Come at us. We welcome it.
0: Thank you for joining us. I am Cardo, he is Vardy. We are the Bannerman. Next time we see, you, we'll be talking about actual hockey season.